This is the For the Kingdom, Not the Brand podcast. Are you living out godly character in your private and public life? Where we show how biblical truth feeds biblical living from the perfect, powerful, and sufficient scriptures. God's love and grace is amazing because it is not withheld to those he loves. He fully redeems. He fully saves. He fully forgives. And now, your host, Atticus Wynn. Welcome to this episode of the For the Kingdom, Not the Brand podcast. And in this episode, I want to read out um, a recent article that I wrote on my blog. Um, and it and is the start of the new series titled, Why Biblical Counseling? And in this uh, uh, this uh, part of this brand new series, I will cover um, uh, my story as to why I went through uh, like biblical counseling and, and, I mean, yeah, just... I mean, I mean, I mean, the gist of it is I'm just recounting my story of how, how I went through biblical counseling over the course of this previous, uh, summer. And in future episodes, I will talk about how, how there is a difference between biblical counseling and Christian counseling. Um, also the supremacy and the sufficiency of scripture over psychology, and also just the fact that we are in a mental health revolution in the same vein or, or in the same, um, in a very similar way to where it draws parallels to much of the sexual revolution in the late to mid uh, 20th century. And so the article begins... In the spring semester of 2023, I separated from the life of a sister in Christ, and you could call it a breakup, but the whole situation does not necessarily merit the use of that term. I will say, too, then that in the days where I do not feel like elaborating on what happened, I usually just say that I went through a breakup, and how else can I explain it succinctly? From mid-January to spring break in March, I couldn't sleep properly. I can count only a few days in that time period where I had a full night of un- uninterrupted sleep. I had flashbacks to the abuse I saw and, uh, and experienced personally growing up, and I wondered if I became no different than my abusers. I pretty much spent a decent chunk of that semester on my knees and elbows every day weeping. I mean, the young lady never hurt me, and we never crossed any sexual boundaries. Yet the emotional toll of me needing to separate out of her life triggered so many questions and breakdowns in my head. And the shame and guilt of my past reared their ugly heads as I went into survival mode for the rest of my sophomore year of college. My only goal was to get back to Georgia and forget everything that happened. Of course, as is the theme of all of his redeemed people's lives, God had other plans for me. I found out about biblical counseling earlier in my sophomore year, and I found out about a a biblical counseling center in Georgia in the middle of the spring. Purely by the providence of God, the center at the church opened earlier that year, and it was in my home county. It took me a few weeks to finally fill out the intake form, but I remember submitting that form to the director of that center, not really sure what to expect. Uh, I went to Christian counseling before, after my freshman year, but it wasn't helpful long-term. And what followed in the months after I submitted that intake form was transformation that only God could bring. My biblical counselor walked me through so many of the major events that bounced around my head. That counseling room at the church was where I wept, rejoiced, and pondered 
many of the truths taught to me. I can call my biblical counselor a a dear friend, not just a brother in Christ who listened and ministered to me every single week. Biblical counseling gave me true hope and healing in the midst of darkness. And as Dr. John Street of the ACBC uh, puts it, biblical counseling put handles on my Bible. Even though Dr. Street was talking about learning how to minister in the counseling room, I now feel the same way after being ministered to for, for about two and a half months. I knew the essentials of the gospel. I, I knew the essentials of Reformed theology, church history, and so on. I could regurgitate facts to teach people, but I could not hold a candle to truly minister to those who were hurting, and that included myself. Not that knowing any of those things I listed are wrong. Every Christian should know their heritage from the Reformation, understand biblical theology, and stand firm on gospel truth. Yet the, cha- yet the challenge to me was, do I actually actually believe what the scriptures say about trials and suffering? Do I actually believe the truth in Romans 8 that all things, all things happen for the good of those who are called according to God's purpose? And that included seeing my mother being abused and me being sexually assaulted by a gay employee and my dad's and so many other instances in my life before I was saved. And that includes hazing, bullying, and so on and so forth. I am not afraid to share my experiences since God mightily used his severe mercy to show me the sufficiency, power, and perfection of his word. I never imagined going through a season like that in college, but I would not have it any other way. And my story draws parallels to that of Jacob wrestling with God. I left the spring and summer with a limp of my own in a way, but I am mightily blessed by his sanctifying work in such a condensed time. And God also answered my prayer in March of 2023 as I was crying my eyes out to have a hard posture like Job in the same book that, in the same book that has his name in chapter 42, verses 5 through 6. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. And so that is the end of the article, and, and essentially that covers really just the whole story of, of how I went through biblical counseling. I mean, granted, I left the nitty-gritty. Um, I, I don't think there are enough pages um, on my, um, or um, I don't think there's enough time to truly cover every single, um, every single counseling session in in the nitty gritty detail. And, and I will say as well that there is a, there is a factor in which, I mean, there are aspects of my life that are still uh, private and it's only within a close uh, uh, circle of my friends that I'm willing to share uh, more of those nitty gritty details. Although I will say as I close this episode that if you are skeptical about the concept of biblical counseling, don't shy away from it. I think a I think a potential misconception that a lot of people have is that it is just I mean essentially putting a band-aid over a wound. And if you're wondering, no, I'm not trying to quote a, a certain pop star from I think she's from Pennsylvania. Um the the context of biblical counseling it is not about reading uh, Romans chapter eight or or Matthew chapter six until your anxiety goes away. Your 
a biblical counselor should and will be equipped to, to walk with you through this process, but also minister to you in a biblical way and keep you away from the dangerous psychological theories that are out there that truly do not have a biblical worldview in place. And there is true hope found in every single page of scripture. And I pray that everyone that goes through any kind of biblical counseling will see that in that each page of your Bible matters. Every word matters. And so that's the end of this episode. Stay biblically based. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace.